Welcome to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. We're broadcasting today from the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions from Washington, D.C. at the annual meeting. And joining me today is Mazi Rasulmir. He's president of PacHealth, and we're going to talk about patient engagement. So I'm glad to have you join us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Patient engagement, let's talk a little bit about that. Where are we today in that work? Yeah, you know, patient engagement has taken a lot of forms over the several years. So it's no conceptual new ideas there, but really it's how do you start to put these things together? How do you help patients understand and navigate healthcare? How do you address health literacy? How do you help them plan for, for future events? And how do you make sure that they follow recommended care plans that their doctors have provided them? In general, the main issue in chronic disease management has been that typically patients may only see their doctor for one or two hours a year. But generally speaking, all the other behaviors and habits that they may have throughout their daily life is potentially affecting those types of outcomes that we see, the poor outcomes that we see. So the engagement is really focused on how do we engage patients outside of the clinic? How do we go beyond the doors of the doctor and help those patients engage in their own health care. Is this something that patients would normally expect to get from their health care provider, or is there just a shortfall in that resource? Yeah, the idea has been that clinicians have, have counseled patients on diet, exercise, you know, understanding your medications, how do you take them, but the resources around wellness have typically come from your employer and or your potentially your health care insurance company. And those have not necessarily been the most trusted sources of wellness activities or the people that are participating in those, the programs have been too generalized and not specific to the needs or the diseases that patients may experience. So the idea is how do you start to take the consumer approach to very similar consumer types of products that that patients may buy and bring disease management and engagement services to patients directly. Interesting, and that's the approach your company is taking. Yeah, we've taken that approach. We've also taken the approach of having clinicians being able to prescribe behavior change in addition to other medical treatments that patients may may need. How does that work with your company? I mean, tell us about the tools that you guys have developed. We have sort of multi-component aspects to our engagement service. One is that all patients receive a health coach, what we call a health advisor. And that health advisor is there to not only coach them around particular recommended care things that patients need to do, like getting an eye exam, getting a foot exam, but also ensure that they can care coordinate around those activities to ensure that they actually complete them. They also receive a toolkit. And one of the things we've heard from patients is that they can go to a variety of sources, but it may not be written in the right language for them. It could be very technical. But just like any other type of complicated issue, whether it's financial or other real estate, people need someone to hold their hand and kind of walk them through as a coach and a navigator. So they receive a toolkit. And then the third aspect of it is that we have made it really easy for patients to communicate with us, and then we can collect information that will help address any specific barriers that patients have. I imagine it's important to let physicians and other clinicians know that you exist. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. how are patients finding your services? It's great. I mean, one of the reasons we're at this conference is that we are a tool, an evidence-based tool that can be incorporated in medical education programs that then physicians can use to recommend to their patients. We also have patients who have gone through our program, have recommended to others through Facebook, through other sort of social media sites, and that's how we've received patients to to come to us and basically raise your hand and say, I need help. Yeah. 
what does success look like mm-hmm. to the engaged patient on your end? How yeah, is it? it's a field on its own <laughs> when we talk about what does success look like. But there are several key categories of success. So one is, have we improved their clinical outcomes? So is their A1C, for example, reduced? The second is, have they developed better habits in their life? Have we helped them build different type of triggers that will help them figure out, I can exercise or I can eat this in a different way and help them sustain those habits? And then the third aspect is that we have generally found that patients that would like to be engaged are typically overwhelmed, anxious, may have some other sort of psychosocial distresses. And so we also track those. We track to see if patients are less anxious about healthcare, if they're more confident talking to their doctor and being prepared, if they have reduced their anxiety level around the condition, that they have more control than than they realize. How about involving the entire family or at least the entire care team Mm -hmm. outside of the clinical setting? Yeah, you know, feedback is really important. All of us are social beings. So we have a particular module that is always for the caregiver. What is a caregiver? What's their role? Do you have one? How do you identify a good caregiver? And also tools for the caregiver to support the patient. But we also have a feedback loop to the clinician so that they start to understand what we're doing, what are the barriers that they may need to address at the next visit. Certainly, we don't do clinical work. There are other groups that may do clinical work as part of their patient engagement services. But we feel that clinical work is really between the patient and the doctor. Right. Crystal ball look five years out or even a little bit further out. How do you see patients consuming that type of information? I think it's going to become more and more the consumerism model in healthcare. Certainly, patients are more accountable for their health, both in terms of financially through these high deductible plans that they're now going towards out of pocket costs. But I think, generally speaking, I mean, the fundamental assumption that we all have is nobody likes to be sick. And so if we provide a service that is patient-centered, it's evidence-based, it's aligned to all the guidelines, and we can then help patients coach them through those services, they would be better consumers of healthcare, and we can start to address the chronic disease problems that we have in the U.S. Great. Well, we appreciate your insights. Where can people get some more information? You can go to packhealth.com and go there for information, and if anybody ever has any questions, I can also provide information. You can email me at mozzie at packhealth.com. Okay, and just for clarity, it's P-A-C-K-H-E-L-T-H. Packhealth with a K. Okay. That's right. Mozzie, thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you and hear about patient engagement. Great. Thank you, Alicia. Thanks. You've been watching Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. We're broadcasting from the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions in Washington, D.C. at the annual conference. For more information, please visit ReachMD.com. Thanks for joining us.